Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay, right. Well, what to call you this week? Um, Mr. Conker? Mr. Conkers? What, this is Conker because like a conger. The horse chestnut? Fucking hell. Or, of course, you can be Ronnie Hot Dog if you want to be Ronnie Hot Dog. Well, I'll be Ronnie Hot Dog. I, think All I, don't, right. I don't really like the conker thing. Okay. Hello, Ronnie, the hot dog. Hello, honky tonk. Thank you very Here much. Here we go. Hey, um, that fellow from Eggheads has been arrested in connection with a possible murder. I heard this. Would you like to confess to a crime that you may or may not have committed in the past? Um, Be careful. It's a bit exciting. Be careful. Yeah, I Because, you know... What? You might say something in jest, and before you know it, you're in the slammer. Have you seen the film Top Carpy? What? Top Carpy. It's not about best in class carp fish. No, it's like where you steal jewels and ancient artefacts by gaining entrance to the museum high up on a wire. Is that Mission Impossible? Well, they stole it off Top Carpy. I have committed one of those crimes. I committed it in Monaco. I got away with it scot-free, and I bought a Mercedes-Benz car with the proceeds, plus enough bird's-eye boil-in-the-bag beef to last me until I'm 60. And that's true? That's true. And because Monaco exists outside of the Interpol catchment area... Yes, that's you what You can say whatever you want about area. that. Yeah, so... Nice yes, one. there's a crime. Right, good. Do you want me to go on to Gangs of the EPL? Because I've got to be honest with you, Andy, you want to position this one correctly because it's a bit long. Well, just go right out the way now, then. You sure? Yeah. Okay. And people can just fast forward through it if they want to. Right. Gangs of the EPL. <laughs> so, I think I went to the Riverside last Saturday to watch Borough's victory against Bournemouth. And I thought I just would like to tell you a little bit about, because um, I go every other week, yeah. about that time, it, you know, what I get up to. So I set off at half 30. You set off at half 30. <laughs> Try that again. I set off at 8.30 <laughs> in my fast black supercar, right? <laughs> Obviously. I take one of those hot drinks, hot cups of tea, you know, and it's... You know those those thick hot cups that keep your drinks hot. Those hot drinks of hot, tea. Hot, cup, yeah. hot cups, do you call them? I, I don't know. And it's got supercar hot cup written on it. Right. I got the wife to Did do it. Did it come with the car? No, no. I got the wife to do it because right. I wanted it black and chrome. Yeah. You know, I wanted to feel like Premiership. So. When did you turn into Chris Evans, Bob? Don't, don't, don't never say that. <coughs> I need mean, to say fucking anything. So I took. Uh, so I've got me. So this is me going. I got me supercar hot drink. I have a pack of Cadbury's chocolate fingers. With yeah. me, I always take them for the journey, and I just like on that point, I'd like to say I think the chocolate on the Cadbury's finger is the cheaper Cadbury's buttons, yeah, flake chocolate. Yeah, do you think so? It's not I dairy don't, milk. I've not thought it. about it. Okay, so I'll, you don't eat these while you're driving, do you? Yeah, I do. Um, a pack of crisps. I'll let that out because that's illegal. 
my, a pack of crisps, me ones with the low um, saturated fat oh, content, yeah. and I listen to crime podcasts right. and Joni Mitchell songs. Okay? Um, what a nice life. And can I just find another little detail that can't possibly be of any interest is, you know, on this podcast, we've voiced like our concern about memory form. Yeah. Right. And the fact that it, it heats you up too much. Yeah. Right. So, well, I got a new mattress recently and what I did was it's what I, 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 I cut out a square from the old foam memory one. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I've put that on my supercar front seat. Right. So, um, so you can see out the window because you're quite ha, short, ha, haven't you? It's a and it's a revelation, right? So what happens is the heat builds up in my ass during yeah. the journey, right? And when I get into the riverside, the latent heat that's in stored in my ass, right, yeah. keeps me and the people immediately around me warm right through till around about half time. That's good. I'm glad you incorporated that into the already overlong gangs of EPL section. Well, on my way back, go in reverse, I stop at Weatherby Services. I good get a service hot... station. Though. It is. It's very busy, though. Yeah. Oh, it's busy. I get a hot chocolate and a scotch egg and a time-out bar, right? So all I've had in the day is me fingers, me crisps, me scotch egg, me hot chocolate, me time-out bar. And when I get home, I get home about half past ten, I always have my first piss of the day. Really? Really? Yeah. And is it, it also is, your last one of the day? Is it your Chadwick? It's not my Chadwick. Right, no. okay. Because I, then I get on the beer. But so yeah. I have my first p- piss of the day, and it's ex- the exact colour of um, the beef consomme that they serve at the Ritz in London, yeah? Right. And it smells like the very centre of a lukewarm little pork pie. <sighs> So this is a savoury spread, you know what I mean? That's a beautiful moment, that, isn't it? It is because, well, no, thank you, because it's like, it sums up the day. It's a mix of the north and the south. Yeah. And it just kind of reflects, you know, the whole day. You can't beat a a pungent piss that doesn't actually disgust you, can you? Well, you're on, don't disgust me. Can we not go into piss? Please. Can we not go into piss? I might get that put on a badge or a T-shirt. Can we not go into (laughs) piss? Andy, now the gangs of the EPL start. Thank so you. after the match, I went. Shall I do this thing again? Just in case you. Yeah, yeah all right. Oh, the... Gangs of the EPL. <laughs> right, so players' lounge afterwards. Um, go there, fanny about, see if there's anything to nick or whatever. And I, I was going down the corridor, I saw a sign on just a really ordinary, like, oak furniture land sort of door, um, just written in, what are those pens called that David Beckham uses to... Probably a Sharpie. A Sharpie. He writes his novels with him, doesn't he? <laughs> so um, I went inside. I don't know what the sign said, no, I can't remember. I went inside, there's Biffy Clyro. Yeah. Sat on his own, drawn on his face with a Sharpie. And he looks at me and he, he just says, Help. <laughs> So I get out of there and go, I want to do. You don't want to get involved in that. don't want to get involved. So I'm going past the toilets. I hear a bit of a commotion. I go inside, really quiet. Yeah, just peek my head round. There's Eddie Howe, you know, the Bournemouth manager, and Jack Wilshire. Right. Deep in conversation. Now, Eddie, Eddie's wearing a boiler suit because I don't know if you know, but he does boiler services and repairs on the side. Yeah. I did, did you know yeah, that? Yeah, I knew that, yeah. Did you know, because I got caught out because I wanted him, he only does gas and electric, not oil. It's quite hard to find an oil one these days, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's a specialist job, though, isn't it? He's Corgi registered, and Jack's wearing a really shiny, you know, that shiny 
kind of African Prince Armani suit. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there's Eddie talking to Jack. He says, I'm very disappointed, Jack. How does he talk, Eddie? He's like, he doesn't move his teeth, does no, his he? Mouth, his face doesn't move it's at all. I'm very He's... disappointed, Jack. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, that's it, yeah. I'm very disappointed, Jack. You've been smoking in here. I can smell it. Jack says, well, I haven't bought a promise and I'm not even lying. <laughs> right, so he says, shut up, Jack. This is Bournemouth Football Club. We're a lovely little fairy tale club who run our hearts out and are really tactically aware. You know the golden rules. One, ski yoghurt five times a day. <laughs> Two, dress codes, dark grey suit from M&S. And three, no doing anything daft like BMX, BMX biking or horseplay in a dressing room or fannying about on a beach or smoking. And then he says, got really serious, he says, now I want you to answer my next three questions with absolute honesty. Your future here, this lovely club, depends on it. He says, so Jack, do you like ski yoghurt? No, no boss, I don't, and I'm not even lying, I don't. That's okay, I'm a lovely manager of the lovely club, <laughs> so you can switch to Muller Light. Ah, oh, yes, thank you, boss. You want to credit, I'm not even lying about that. Second question. Is that suit from Marks and Spencer's, Jack? Ah, oh, boss. No, I'm sorry, boss. Do you, know, do you know what I mean? It's from Broad, and I'm not even lying. I didn't... I, no, it's not from M&S. He says, OK, you've been lovely and honest. Let's see. We reach a... Why is that Geordie? What's Cockney sound like? Come on. What? Yeah. Can't Cockney? Down You've been lovely and honest. That's better, yeah. Let's say we reach a compromise. You can buy a dark grey suit from either Next Directory or Debenhams. Ah, oh, thank you, boss, and you are not even going to regret that. Ah, oh, they've got some nice tight suits at Next. And Wiltshire's not Geordie, is he? No, he's not, but that's all right. All right. Finally, finally, and this is the big one as far as this lovely club is concerned, have you been smoking in here? Right? Well, I forgot to tell you, and it's quite important, slightly ruins it, really, is that the halftime entertainment at the Riverside versus Bournemouth was James Arthur. Oh. Yeah, he came on yeah, and did the bingo draw. lad, come back. Didn't um, sing, did he? No, he didn't sing. He just did the draw and that and gave us an opinion on the, the tactics and what have you. <laughs> so he says, anyway, as far as this lovely... This is the big one. As far as this lovely club is concerned, have you been smoking in here? Now Jack starts biting his lip, lip and like rubbing his tummy and making like a slow grunt and, <laughs> and a little bit of wee appears just on the front oh. of his shiny suit. Boss, 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 listen. Uh, at that moment, the cubicle door bangs open and out comes James Arthur wearing full Peaky Blinders gear, oh. woolen suit, cloth cap, etc., Hobnail boots. Hobnail boots, peaky blinders look. And James says, uh, all right, Mr. How would you do? I heard what you were saying, like, and I just wanted to say, like, that it was me who was fagging it in here, like, this short bloke in the cheap suit, whoever he is, he hadn't been smoking, like. Oh, thank you, says Eddie. That's cleared that up. At that moment, Aito Karanka comes into the box, right? And he says... <laughs> Eddie, 
So Eddie takes it as, you know, and goes out with him and they yeah. leave. James turns to Jack. He says, uh, I'm James Arthur of X Factor and I work for the Pinky Gooners, Theo Walcott's gang. You left Arsenal to get away from them stealing your dinner money and leaving Todd in your car. Well, you owe one now. You must agree to be our spy at the lovely club Bournemouth or I will tell on you to lovely Eddie. And he says, oh, well, I have no choice. I mean, and I'm not even lying. You give me no choice. And they shake hands, right? And Jack says, oh, how's it going back at the Arsenal in London? He says, oh, I'm not good, like. The two Spurs gangs, the White Arts and the Sherwoods, like, are having a meeting in Harry Kane's mum's garage next week. They might be forming an alliance that could shift the power in London, like. But we have got a spy working for us. I said, Eric Lamella, I bet it's that little twat Lamella. <laughs> He says, I'm not saying out, like, you'll be hearing from us in the meantime. You keep an eye on that Callum Wilson for us. Rumour is he's spreading lies about Theo having a tiny Johnson. Well, he has, hasn't he? Yeah, but that's not the point. It's about respect. And they walk out together and they're gone. So That's another chapter. Another chapter. In the gangs of EPL. Yeah. And... You know, this is it's a bit like an HBO box set, this. Yeah. We're just learning little bits each week. Did you think, Andy, that story was a bit like Broadwalk Empire? I've not seen Broadwalk Empire. All oh, right. Well, it was, I'll let me tell was you. Was it? I've got a new game for us to play, Bob. It's called the Numbers Game. Okay. Right, I want you to give me a number between 10 and 24. Okay, I say it, do I? Yeah, yeah, please. 15, thank you. 15, right. Now, well, it's 2016 now, so we deduct 15 from that. Right. Which gives us 2001. Right. That leads on to the second part of this. Bob, in 2001, were you a complete arsehole or a massive bell end? <laughs> and I can only have one. One of the two, yeah. Complete arsehole or massive bell I was a complete arsehole. Okay. That's, That's the numbers game. game. Thanks for playing. That's a really good game. It's Isn't a it? game, that one. It's going to catch on, that, I think. Okay, so after you, the, uh, I'm going back in time here. So Steve's just left his interview for, interview for the job at uh, Derby, which he got, yeah? So he's, co- yeah. he's cocking a hoop. He's got his new job, and he insisted that the chairman, do you remember, advanced him 200 grand? Yeah. Which he could use to get his snake Casper back by paying the ransom to the fat lass, okay? So that's where we are. Right. So he gets outside the iPro, and Sean Dyche, who was interviewed before him, if you remember, is waiting for a lift back into town. To yeah. get his bus back to Burnley, Sean's <laughs> wearing all that uh, scar gear, you know, purple suit, black and white check tie, white loafers, leather trilby. Do you know that stuff? Yeah. yeah. Do you know that stuff? I am familiar. Do you with know that, that stuff? That's yes, thing. Bob. Do you know that stuff? Yes. <laughs> you might have a cat's phrase. Do you know that stuff? <laughs> what? Uh, do you know that stuff? Do you know what I mean? Anyway, so um, he's waiting for a lift. Steve says. Um, sees him he says oh have you been eating a calippo or a pumpkin soup or something you've got orange all around your mouth and he said no no you awful slag it's me disc beard it's me disc beard my disc beard hey he says as a squirrel just burrowed in your head because the tip of its tail is still sticking out no, don't be a Rodney Plonker. That's my hair island. My hair island. Then they'll both kind of laugh, Andy. So you do you do Sean's laugh. One. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Sean says, Hey, 
could have a lift to the bus station, Steve. No problem, no, Senor Daish, says Steve. He does that sort of comedy, you know. Uh, no, no, um, and so he's one of them that says me thinks, me thinks, and a pint of your oldest finest. Stout yeoman and all, all that, that shit. stuff, yeah. yeah. So, no problem, oh, Senor Daishi, says Steve. And so they both get in this clown car, drive, driving along, honk, 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 on the clown car, honk, honking horn. Get out of my way, dipsticks, we've got the Burnley shuttle to catch. Because they're going to get the bus to uh, Burnley. They start chatting away, Steve, uh, Sean. Hey, Steve, you see Neil Warnock's eyebrows? It's like he asked for a crack wax and the lady thought his face was his ass. Do the laugh again. <laughs> so I'm good fun. You do that all the time for us. Okay. So Steve says, good one. Have you noticed that Mark Hughes hasn't got any lips? Looks like he asked for an anal bleaching and the lady thought his face was his ass. <laughs> you were a bit slow then, weren't you? you meant to come in with the laugh. So shot good one. Quite similar to mine, but not bad. You know why he's called Sparky, don't you? Because whenever he plugs something in, sparks fly out of his ass and spell the words Egyptian cotton. <laughs> good one, El Maestro. You see you seen David Moyes bulging eyes, yeah? It's like he just popped a blackhead and his ball sack. Oh, I've, I've, I've messed that one up. He says, think, Steve, I've messed that up. He says, so try again. I'll try again. <laughs> I've just fucked up. You see David Miles' bulging eyes? It's like he just popped a blackhead on his ball sack and his face got stuck. Ha, ha, ha. Ah, ah, says Sean. What a lot of fun myself and Steve McLaren have had. How do you think you'll get on at Derby? Oh, just the same as before. Muddle along, keep smiling till I get the boot and a nice big wad. I call it drift and severance. So anyway, he drops Sean off at the bus station and explains he's off to meet the fat lass. She texted him, right, Andy, saying, meet me at the Maison Valley's Dojardoui, right? Yeah. Uh, which is a really posh restaurant. It actually, it actually um, translates to uh, the house... Of yesterday's briefcase. <laughs> well, it's, I know it's made you laugh because you think they're oh, poncy people, but that's a classy sounding place. I'm laughing at quite a lot of this, but it's all real, isn't it? And it's not that funny. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh the house of yesterday's briefcase. That's a right fancy drum. Here, you'll need a tie. And Sean gives him his black and white check tie to wear. You see, Andy, which is nice of him, yeah. isn't it? Because he had the look. Um, so Steve's right, arrives outside the maze on Valise d'Aujourd'hui. What does that in, in translate as, Andy? Oh, God. Uh, the house of the briefcase? The house of yesterday's briefcase. Your forgotten briefcase? Yesterday's briefcase. Yesterday's briefcase. Now, Sorry, Bob. He can see that one of the windows in the restaurant's all steamed up, so he knows the fat lass must be sat in there near the window. Um, then, like, the image of Sam Allardyce pumping a waiter on it on the kitchen table with her legs banging against the baking trays and her biscuit tins just like makes him shudder you know but he pulls himself together and he goes inside and the maitre d greets him says uh hello sir welcome to the house of yesterday's briefcase can i just say the mouse on your head's an absolutely adorable thing 
No, that's not Smouse on me. It's me Hell Island. My Hell Island. <laughs> so he sits down. I like quite like that waiter character, Andy. He, he reminds me of the one of First Date. It, oh, yeah, the, the French, French fella. fella. Yeah. You like him, man, don't you? Oh, yeah. So, Carry on. sits boy. down at the table with the big lass. She's got. She's obviously ready to go on a trip. She's got suitcases, ski bag. She's off to Austria skiing, something like that. You know what I mean? Hello, love. You off skiing then? Ah, oh, fuck off, you watery twat. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm in a rush, so I've ordered the four bird roast with a side plate of pork chops for me and a bowl of custard for you off the kids' menu. Is that okay? <laughs> Yes, of course, love. Of course, yes, love. Listen, of course, love. Listen, love, how's Casper? I miss him so much. You'll find out when you pay me me £200,000. <laughs> yes, I know, love. I, I know, love. The money should be in my account by the end of the meal. Just tell me how he is and where he is. Do you know, really, like he needs to be warm? I'm telling you nothing till I get my money. Keep checking your phone and eat your custard. So Steve starts to eat his custard. Right, Andy. And then he sees the queerest of things. Say that like oh. you were Stephen Fry or something. Say the queerest of things. Oh, he sees the queerest of things. Right, so fade into the sentence. So Steve starts to eat his custard and then he sees... The queerest of things. <laughs> the ski bag, right, behind the fat lass seems to be pulsing and moving slightly. <gasps> oh. And, like, there's something inside... And it pushes its head through the flap at the top. Something you can see it emerging. Could it be Andy? Could it be Casper? Is it? Yes, it is Casper. And he manages to poke himself about a foot out of the bag and his throat begins to swell up, right? (laughs) Well, you know what that means, don't you, Andy? It's got a spew. spew. Um, Well, Steve just wants to rush up and hug him, but he knows that that is too dangerous, right? With the fat lass there, she kicked his fucking face in. So he throws, he throws Casper a look to tell him, "Don't, don't you dare, don't do it, Casper." It's just a look, Andy, but that's why it says, yeah. "No, yeah. don't do it, Casper." And the swelling starts to go down, but he can hardly contain his excitement. But how to get Casper, Andy, without getting kicked in by the fat lass? <laughs> what he needs to do, I think you'd agree, is he needs to one, he could create a distraction. Or two, yeah. he could disable her, couldn't he? Would you agree with that summation? Well, either one of them either would one look, yeah. wouldn't it? Then he remembers Andy. He's not stupid. He isn't. <laughs> one thing about Stevie Mac, the Mac, Cheese and Mac, Cheesy Mac, Stevie Mac, one <laughs> thing about him is he's not stupid. He remembers. Do you remember the time that Casper danced on the black and white tiles on the kitchen floor? <gasps> and the, yeah. yellow, the yellow shirt of Casper was dancing along. And it made and fat lass have trigger the fit, didn't it? Yeah. What's he got round his neck, Andy? The tie. He's got the black and white tie. So Shit. thinking quickly, he let some of the custard, the yellow custard, drip onto his tie, and a little bit more, until the fat lass notices. Oh fuck's sake! <laughs> and he says, "Well, can you clean it off for me, love?" So she like yanks him over by his tie over the table, and she starts rubbing at the yellow stain, right? Rubbing and rubbing. And as she does so, her eyes start to bog up and she begins to sweat, sweat, you know, God, fuck, it sm- smells like when you've just opened a tin of corned beef. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> nice. So Steve winks at Casper. Casper winks, wick, winks back at him. 
the fit has now kicked in, right? She starts shaking, dribbling at her mouth, and her legs start banging on the table legs, right? Steve jumps up, grabs the ski bag, runs out to his clown car. He's bursting with happiness, right? He's got a new job at Derby. Casper's back in his arms, and he can still hear the faint banging of the fat lass's legs. <laughs> Fitting, you know, against the table and the maze yeah. and the maze on the house of yesterday's briefcase. <sighs> and I, I, I hope that, that that name somehow is like I don't know, I'm not serendipity is the wrong word, but I hope that's a new start for Casper and Steve. And that's like yesterday's briefcase, you know, yesterday's business. Do you know what I mean? Right. I see, yeah, that's quite tenuous but yeah but you know what I mean so yeah that, yeah that brief. is that the end of it and that's for now so for now and I'll have to go I'll have to jump forward next time to the, to Derby but that just fills you in with how we managed to get Casper back but it's brilliant yeah was in it it's fantastic he's reunited with his snake and she's a thrashing mess on the floor of a French restaurant yeah well it serves her right Andy she's really, Steve, she's really nasty to Steve I think she's a fucker thank you very much I you didn't know, want to say that let, let's, let's not beat around the bush here she's an absolute fucker hey I'm Ryan Reynolds recently I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Um, you might remember that Mark Lawrence had told Robson Green. Is it Robson Green? Robson Jerome. Is it? What is it, Andy? Don't fuck. No, no, it's Robson Green. Sorry. Robson Green. <laughs> that oh. he would invite him round for dinner so he could meet Rafa Benitez, yeah? Yeah. So it's the big day. Mark and his wife Barbara are cleaning up round the house and that. And Mark says, you have to do this for us, Andy. Mark right, says, yeah. I'll go into the loft and plump up the insulation so the house will be nice and cosy. I'll go up into the loft and plump up the insulation so the house will be nice and cosy. Right. Then he says to... Sorry, he's a bit more. Then he says says to Barbara, I'll do the metal bits and pieces. You do the windows and the hoovering, Barbara. I'll do the metal bits and pieces. You do the hoovering, Barbara. And the windows. And the windows. You see, you're doing them too long. All right, I'll, 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 I'm right. It's like so, when you're teaching a kid a song, you've got to break it down. OK, we'll bits. do from now on. So Mark cleans... He gets plumps up the um, loft insulation and he cleans all the little brass ornaments and the fender and that lovely metal box that they've got for keeping the cauliflowers in. <laughs> keeping the cauliflowers in. You know. What's funny about that? He's yeah, using the brass on and the silver stuff and all that and everything. <clears throat> and Barbara ties her hair back, gets her apron on, takes her specs off, gets on with the hoovering and the windows and that, you know. And when they're done, Barbara says, OK, that's 
got the house all lovely, Mark, isn't it lovely? He says, yeah, it looks lovely. Yeah, it looks lovely. <laughs> <clears throat> and she says, what would you like me to cook for tonight's big dinner? And he says, oh, I'll have to have a think. Oh, I'll have to have a think. Could you wash me first with the Belinda wipes whilst I have a think? Could you wash me first with the Belinda wipes while I have a think, Barbara? <laughs> so she picks up um, the cloth, starts washing his face. Then after a while, he says, I can't think of anything. Barbara, I can't think of anything. She says, well, what about fish? Robson likes fish, doesn't he? He, she, he says, what if he's sick of fish? What if Rafa doesn't like fish? It's a bit risky, Barbara, like patting a bulldog. <sighs> what if he's sick of fish? What if Rafa doesn't like fish? It's a bit risky, Barbara, like patting a bulldog. No, don't do it with a question. Let's do it. Is like, that what it was? No, like patting a bull. Come on. Like, like patting a bull. Dog. Dog. Bulldog. Barbara said, well, what about steak and chips? Who doesn't like steak and chips? And he says, just seems a bit dull. Just seems a bit dull. What about a curry? What about a curry? Rafa's foreign, he might like curry, Barbara. Rafa's foreign, he might like a curry, Barbara. With poppadoms and nans and pickles. With poppadoms, nans and pickles. And a nice curved banana for pud. (laughs) And a nice curved banana for pud. (laughs) Okay, curry it is then, she says, but you'll have to nip into town to get the poppadoms. <laughs> get the poppadoms. Okay, Barbara, I'll go right now with me Hyundai. Okay, Barbara, I'll go right now with me Hyundai. So Barbara goes back to cleaning the windows, right? Yeah. But the cloth started making it, them a bit smeary. So she's looking through the window, through the smears, and she sees Mark leave the driveway, crash straight into the tree opposite. Shit. Fuck it, yeah. So Shit! Yeah. So she goes out, opens the door, and there's Mark, half, sort of half unconscious, faces bleeding. Fucking hell, Barbara, says Mark. Fucking hell, Barbara. I couldn't see a thing. I couldn't see a thing. Why not, says Barbara. Because that wasn't the Belinda wipes you washed me face with. Because that wasn't the Belinda wipes you washed me face with. It was my silver polish cloth. I it, can't see a thing. It was my silver polish cloth. I can't see a thing. So that's nasty, isn't it? She's, yeah. She's, I don't know if you were listening, but she took her glasses off to do the hoovering. Right. So she's picked up the wrong cloth. When she oh, that's quite clever, that. I hadn't really... Yeah. You left a little clue there, didn't you? And I hadn't noticed that. Hadn't so Barbara phoned up Robson. He's like... Oh, hiya, Bobs. I can't wait for tonight to meet Rafa Benitez. I've been down the outlet centre and bought a special jumper and all that and everything I do, I do for the tune. She says, sorry, Robson, Mark's had a car crash. I'll have to cancel. Oh, fucking hell, Bobs. Sometimes I think I'll never get to meet Rafa Benitez. Hey, unless Ant and Dick can help out. Oh. So, that's interesting. Let's see what isn't could it? happen there. That could be a future development. Maybe he's going to see what if Ant and Deck have got an in with Rafa. Yeah. yeah. Right, I've got some questions for your wife. Is she here? Oh, fucking hell, straight in. She's, she's not in the room with us. Is she here in spirit? She's here in spirit. I've got full authority to respond. Right, if you'd like to out. channel your wife at this point. Okay. I've got some questions. Mrs. Bob. Does Bob do funny voices around the house as a way of compensating for having nothing of worth to say? And how irritating do you find this on a scale of 1 to 10? Yes, he's always um, trying to, you know, like, up his ante, you know. Up, up, Larking up around. With, um, 
stupid voices. I, what I do is I, um, I tolerate them. And I don't, to be honest with you, I don't really hear them anymore, so I'm not bothered. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? The main one he does... So five out of ten, then. The main one he does is he, he, he's got the cat's voice as quite posh. Do you know what I mean? Quite a little bit... He doesn't, does he? I hate father. He's the right fucker, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean, no mother? Oh, right really? fucker, isn't he? So, yeah, I hardly hear it, but, yeah, you've correctly identified that weakness in him. Very good. Question two, Mrs. Bob. Whenever Bob straps on his tool belt and announces that he's going to do some DIY, do you find it weirdly arousing, or do you reach for your phone ready to dial 999, assuming that he's about to slice his finger off? He hasn't got a tool belt. Um, he's got a screwdriver. One a, screwdriver? Yeah, with, uh, with a red handle. Um, Where's the, my screwdriver? You know, the one with the red handle. And Mother! Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. He can never. You're right. He can never find it. Um, he doesn't attempt DIY, but nor does he get tradesmen in. He just lets the house slowly rot <laughs> he around him. Just lets him. it go to shit. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. An honest answer. Question three, Mrs. Bob. What is Bob's pin number? A. What is Bob's pin number? I don't know his pin number. She doesn't. You know, I'm just. I'm fine. You're being her there. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... Andy, I don't know his pin number. I was going to say, funny that you do a voice for the cat, but you don't do a voice for your wife. That's quite telling. I don't know his pin number. All right. Can I have a guess of it, then? Because well, I've come close the last couple of weeks, haven't yeah, I? All right, here we go. Close, yeah. Here we go. Five, nine, two, nine... Yeah, that's my pin number. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. Well, you've had four weeks to work it out. I've got it. Yeah, we'll do, 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 do it... Guess a different one, or will you take it out? Do you want us to cut that out? Yeah, obviously. <laughs> I'll just do another one then. Five, nine, three, three. Nah, it's not right. Oh, man. Not right. I'm going to have to give up eventually with this, I'm You'll not. have to give up eventually. In fact, why don't you give up this week, Andy? It's... Maybe you will. Maybe you will. Maybe um... you won't. I haven't seen the alderman for a good while now, Oh, it's right? been a few weeks, hasn't it? It's yeah. been a good few weeks. Obviously, his face and his body shape, and that enters my mind every now and then, yeah, obviously. at night. And I occasionally go to the website of the Teesside Evening Gazette to see if there's any new pictures of him yeah. doing his charity work or compa- campaigning, like, on behalf of Dozy Kids. Yeah. So I'm at home with the wife last Tuesday. We're having one of our afternoon crime clubs watching... A do- oh, yeah, hang afternoon. on. Oh. We shut the shutters and that. And Are you everything. semi-retired now? Yeah. Right. Hence um, the afternoon crime club. Afternoon crime club. Watching a documentary about a bloke who murdered his victim with door handles. <laughs> but you would watch that, wouldn't you? Yeah. As soon as we saw that on the blurb. You know, can you imagine saying, documentary about a bloke who murdered his victims with door handles. Yeah. I can't imagine him saying, no, no, I don't want to see that. Yeah. Well, you've got to watch that. Well, we're are. watching it anyway. I don't know why I laughed. <laughs> Suddenly, there's a very, very robust... I'll see if I've got... I can recreate a very robust knock on the door. Do you know, ooh, you think police, bailiff, what? Yeah. You know, that, it was that sort I of... I think bailiff. Yeah, it had that sort of... <laughs> it had that sort of authority. And uh, it really gave us a bit of a, a, a shock. My cat, I was sat next to me, my cat spewed up. On my Giacomo catalogue. As soon as he heard, you know, we really, it was. So I answered the door and opened it up. It's the alderman. He's got his charity minibus parked on my drive. And boy, Andy, he looked smart. Did he? Uh, honestly, he had wool, not, I don't know what it is, like wool brown jacket. Yeah. Like milk chocolate colour. 
silvery glass grey slacks that like they're gently flared at the bottom. Yeah. You know what I mean? Do they call it airline? Airline flare. Yeah. Um but still really tight round his thighs and his ass, you yeah. know? Really nice. Do you know the nice contours yeah, yeah. and that? And red shoes. <laughs> He's, it, it's the, the look of a man from Teesside who's, who's trying to impress, isn't it? Yeah, trying to Basically. improve, I suppose, as you might say. So my heart obviously misses a beat. Yeah. I swallow a bit and whatever. It's been it? a while, hasn't it? Hello, Robert. Long time no see. Long time no kiss, I'm thinking. Do you know what I mean? I didn't say that. <laughs> Get in. Well, well, are you not going to invite me in? I said, oh, yeah, yeah, of course, my lovely to see you. We're just watching the programme about Jake. Let's see, you know, the... the, the um, Door handle killer. Um, oh, the door handle killer. It's a very nice choice. So we get into the front room. Wife's turned off the telly because she's a bit embarrassed about having it on during the day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, do the introductions, and the wife says, can I get you anything to eat, Alderman? And he says, yes, Margaret, thank you. <laughs> I've got a long journey back to Stockton. Could I have a ham sandwich and a piece of fruit, please? Of course, says the wife. Um, and then he says, hold on, hold on, um, what fruit have you got? And she says, oh, I've got banana, pear, apple, orange. And he says, do you have apricot, mate, Margaret? <laughs> she says, e, no, I don't. And uh, I said, well, I could go and get a pack from Waitrose. And he says, well, no, you stay here, Robert. I need a chat about daft kids stuff. And I really do need an apricot. So Margaret, my wife, says, oh, that's fine, I'll go and get them. And off she goes. As soon as she's gone, he says, listen, Robert, I have a long journey ahead. As I said, could I have a quick shower? I said, oh, yeah, of course you can, I understand, yeah. So I showed him where it was, let him get on with it. A couple of minutes later, from upstairs, I hear, Robert? Robert? Can you come and help me, please? Quick, Robert. So I go up and I knock on the bathroom door. Come in, Robert. So in I go, and he stood there naked in front of the window that like overlooks the drive. Now, he's about 17 stone, the older man, yeah? yeah? But his skin's still really taut, do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. It's really taut. It's a little bit red in a few patches because my, my, my wife always has a shower fit um, too hot. Right. So that's not his fault, you know, like... Now, because he's in front of the, it's it's because it's late afternoon. He's in front of the uh, the window. Like his shoulder hair is re- is really like fluffed up, and it's like silhouetted in the light coming from the window. It's like a lovely patch of like a chamomile lawn or something mm. that you just want to bury your head in. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'll pretend I do. <laughs> I need a towel, Robert, but the one you provided fell out of the window. <laughs> so I brush past. Like his, his body, and I look out the window, and sure enough, there's my towel. <laughs> yeah, but guess who's holding it? Guess who's holding the towel? Is it the town clerk? The fucking town clerk, yeah. And he's there with all his cronies. Do you know oh, what I mean? Come mob handed. Yeah, the vicar who thinks of bleach and uh, parks and recreations, and freaking Biffy's there. Biffy Clyro oh. drawing on his face as well. Interesting. So they all start chanting. Kiss the alderman, kiss the alderman, kiss the alderman. I think, yeah, I really want to. I do want to. He's naked, though. Isn't well, whatever. Line, line you know, across? Well, that, so I turn to him, and he's already in position, staring at me with it? his mouth like wide open, as yeah. wide as you can get it, you know. 
So I opened my mouth as wide as I can. Oh, it's one of them. Yeah, I slowly, slowly moved towards him. And just as our lips are about to sort of couple, right? Clamp onto it. Yeah, he yeah. stops me, though, right. on my shoulders. And his tongue starts darting round my mouth like a little juvenile snake. <laughs> and then he, he gently puts my hand against the side of his thigh, and then he clamps his lips onto mine. No, both our lips are quite wet, so our lips are like slipping round each other, sort of searching for a grip. Then he pulls back, and it's over, and it's over. Thank you, Robert, that will be all. Biffy, I think it was, threw the towel up, comes through the window, and I, like heartbeat really quickly, yeah. go back to the lounge. I think, wow, what just wow, that was superb. Um, anyway, he left uh, straight away before the wife got back. So, well, what can I say? There you go. I got a case. Did you not get the apricot? No, I got a case. And I got to have the apricots with my crime club, which was a bonus because the wife won't use you. Win, 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 win for you, isn't it? Yeah, she won't use you. have apricots in the house. So, apricots and crime. So, she suspected nothing. I tell you, it really felt like electric, though. Yeah. I I hope I did it justice. I hope so. I'm sure you did. I'm not sure where it goes from here, but it can only get worse. Can we just quickly nip across to the Secret Soccer Superstar? Ah, yes, please. Our correspondent. It's been International Week for the last three weeks, it seems now. uh, And he wants to talk about what happens back at the clubs during International Week. Nice. Can't wait. Before I played for England myself, I used to really enjoy international breaks because all the top, top players would go off and do their international stuff and the rest of us, well, training wasn't the same as usual because there was only about four or five of us, so we got to take in board games and then one day we'd have a sports day, so it was a much more relaxed atmosphere around the ground and it used to be really cool. One of the things I didn't like quite so much was he had to go around to the houses of the players that were away on international duty and you have to close the curtains on a night and then open the curtains for them on the morning, you know, and sometimes he'd leave the radio on for them so no burglars would think they were away, even though they were away on international duty and it was like in the papers and that. Also as well, they would leave you a list of the programmes they wanted taping while they were away because some of them couldn't program the video recorders properly, so you had to do that as well, and that was quite tedious. I remember one time one of the top, top players at my club, he wanted us to tape the snooker for him, but there was like 15 hours of it on, so I had to go out and buy a pack of four videotapes, and then he never gave us the money back, so I, um, I poured some acid in his shoes. Interesting. Mm. Didn't Inter- want to do that, did you? Interesting, Andy. I do want to finish with my Christmas. With oh, this I hoped song. you were going to do that. So it's a Scottish song, and um, here we go. It was Christmas Eve on the island, and young Callum McBride was full of wonder and hope for the following day would be the biggest day of his young life. His parents, on the other hand, were in a spirit of trepidation and fear. For you see, the laird had chosen their boy to be the centrepiece of his entertainment at his Christmas feast, and for that reason alone, they had decided to effect their son's escape to the mainland that very eve. (gasps) If they failed, then their precious son would be fetched at dawn by the laird's henchmen, 
and taken to await his fate in the castle. Young Callum's mind was racing. He had often dreamed of life on the mainland, the wonder of the Timpson's heel bar with its revolving machine and its intricate leather-working tools, not to mention its sweet-smelling powerful glues that could work their magic on even the most absorbent of materials. He saw himself wearing a tight blue suit, two sizes too small for him, as was the fashion on the mainland, and striding into Costa Coffee to demand their latest guest bean cappuccino. The waitress would be fulsome of tit and would seat him at a table where he could admire her curvature at leisure. Many times he had imagined himself dining at the latest pop-up restaurant, a fusion of Turkish and Rastafarian peasant food served on plasterboard with drill bits as cutlery. Occasionally he dared to imagine himself out on a date at Frankie and Benny's with the waitress from the coffee shop. At the bus stop following their burger meal, she would turn to him and say, Would you agree, young laddie, that I have plenty tit to spare? Aye, he would reply, there's many a helping there with leftovers for the poor of the parish. She would laugh and allow him a brief tap on the side of her bounty. (laughs) Fast forward to midnight. Callum and his parents cower on the beach as a small craft with a single lamp approaches. Get in, lad. We must make great haste, says the man in the boat. And he does get in, and his parents weep as they say goodbye, knowing that the laird would guillotine them for this offence. Three hours later, Callum stepped off the boat onto the shore. See that light there, said the boatman. That's my daughter. Go to her, and she will provide you safe harbour. Go on away, you go. Callum approached the light and could never believe what he saw neath its glow. It was the girl from the coffee shop. Exactly as he had imagined her. He smiled an anxious smile as she put down her lamp and began to unbutton her blouse. When fully undone, Callum was faced with a sight that killed him instantly. (laughs) For her tits were not of the expected nature. They had embedded into them the faces of Andy Gray and Richard Keyes. (laughs) The faces of Gray and Keyes! The faces of Grey and Keys. Back on the shoreline, the boatman pulled back his hood and let out a cracker of a laugh. It was the laird. Merry Christmas, Callum, he whispered, and both he and the waitress disappeared in a puff of black smoke. The next day, Callum's parents received the news that their son had passed away on an island beach. For, you see, he had never left, and now he never would. Uh. Do you think the story was a bit like the opening scene in Saving Private Ryan, Andy? Terrific. Yeah, you did? Terrific, Terrific. yeah. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. 
And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.